Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thanks to everybody who's been listening to the podcast lately. I noticed that there's been a slight upkick, and I love to and you love to see it. Um, and thanks to everybody, especially who listened to my last Sunday edition, which is we have a responsibility to know. I know it was a bit of a weird, rambly episode, but it was that was something I had been thinking about for a while, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to the episode, and that cryptic nonsense will probably make a lot of sense, but I don't want to get into that right now, because I want to keep this episode light and airy, like our, like the show that I'm going to be talking about this week, um, this episode, not this week, there's two episodes a week now, because I'm insane, um, but the show that I'm going to be talking about this episode is kind of a surprise for me. It's Uzaki Chan wants to hang out. Now, for those of you who have listened to super early episodes of the podcast, um, not so early that it was on Bumpers. If you're here with me from Bumpers, oh my God, I love you, and like I, I'm gonna come, to, I'm gonna come at you for money at some point. Um, <laughs> but if you're not, and you've been listening since I've been doing this using Anchor. Um, you may remember I did a whole episode, actually I did a Sunday edition, all about Yashke anime. And the thing with Yashke anime is it's specifically made to just invoke a, like, feeling of a warm hug. And the reason why I did a Sunday episode on it was because I thought that people... I think that's something people could use, could could have used at the time, and can still use, certainly now, because there's not much stuff that in, there's not much stuff in entertainment, much less in anime, that is so engineered to kind of inject you with the feeling of just like a warm hug. And especially not at the, like, quality level that lots of Yashke anime, like, shoots for and hits pretty, pretty, um, pretty reliably. But what's a weird, what's an even weirder, hard, difficult thing for anime to do, and it's really just because of the eccentricities of anime and what, and what specifically anime fans ask out of their shows, um, is... The is a slice of life anime kind of rolled together with a romantic comedy show, and we we've all seen shows like this. Some have seen and read um, anime and manga like this. Lots of them are in our formative experience. Um, there are there are. Aspects of Sailor Moon that have this that have this quality. There are aspects of um, 
there are shows like uh, Hidden Her Circumstances, um, Love Hina. There are they're all this it's a whole genre of anime. There were like rom com, harem anime kind of stuff. And it's rare that but it's rare that they have any it It's rare that I think that they're necessarily as well executed as this as um Uzaki Chan is actually. And I'm I'm as surprised as you if you're like he he likes this show. What's happening? I'm as surprised as you because I will tell you the opening of this show is not does not lend it like the opening s sequence and theme of this show do not lend it to the. Do not lend it to the, like, idea that it will in any way comfort you or be, like, a comforting thing you can sit down at the end of the day and watch. And the reason why I say that is because um, <laughs> I, you can tell exactly on my Twitter timeline when I started watching this show because I just posted a tweet immediately that said, Has anybody, is anybody else unsettled? by the um by the friggin motion logo for Izaki wants to hang out because it's real it's real odd and like a bunch of people like that tweet because but in a way and I'll get to why I think this is in a minute the motion logo is like the part of the show you kind of need to pay attention to the most. <laughs> like, you should not take your eyes off of that, like, weird, jiggling, sliding, thrusting logo that happens. <laughs> Which, it's, like, as soon as it's not in motion, it's benign. But when you're, like, seeing it, like, oh, this is uncomfy. <laughs> and I'll get to why that is down the line. But the thing I wanted to say is I think that and usually, if you listen to the show regularly, you know I don't call out directors often. But I think Kazuya Mira, the director of Uzaki, really did a good job at um, kind of capturing this perfect thing that happens in, in uh, this perfect thing that can happen in real life that a lot of... Um, live-action American shows have been poking at lately. Like, if you've, um, if you've seen... Poke at often, actually. If you've seen um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, it's in that. If you've seen all kinds of rom-com stuff, it's, like, it's there. It's even there in old-school romance anime like... Um, his and her circumstances, where they do a lot, they do a lot of really interesting stuff with relationships in that show, and even more in that manga because the show only covers a certain section of the manga, and kind of where the show ends is where the manga starts to get really interesting and really into the idea of a continuing normalized relationship, but. I'll probably do a freaking special episode on that show because I love that show. It's it, that's the first box that I ever bought, um, with her with his and her circumstances, but um, way back in like fucking two thousand and like maybe even before the two thousand, maybe like the year two thousand or some insane nonsense. Um, but the thing about Uzaki that's really interesting is that it it knows it it really knows what it is and it really knows what it wants to what it wants to accomplish and as a show and what it can accomplish in its own space and that's a really that's a good thing to know when you are um when you are a show that just like 
when you're in a show that bites off more than you can chew, especially in the romantic comedy space, and you try and, like, you try and complicate things, or specifically, I want to um, bring up, actually, um, a show called Suzuka in this, in this set, in this, um, right now. Suzuka, Suzuka the anime had a weird problem in that the Suzuka manga gets to a point and it is like these two teenagers want to fuck but like the real world is like you should not fuck and eventually they fuck and uh, spoiler for for the Suzuka storyline by the way uh, eventually they do fuck like on like it's an on-screen thing in the manga. And Suzuka gets pregnant, and they end up with their kid, Fuka, who is why the Fuka show showed up. And Koji Chio was like, but what if I made the most melodramatic thing of, like, these two got to be happy and have a kid and raise a kid together, and that kid gets hit by a truck. And if you're like, wait, that kid didn't get hit by a truck. That's because they did a totally different thing with the anime because the <laughs> I loved, I loved this. So Suzuka was all, um, this is a, a side I know, but humor me for a minute. Suzuka was on, was, um, at least the first season. I don't even know if a second season came out. I don't think it did. Um, was airing at the same time as, um, Tanya the Evil was originally. And it was, I, I, whenever anybody was talking about that show, they're like, but when's the truck going to show up? And everybody who had read the manga was like, all about this truck. And it was just, it was kind of relentless. It was like, everybody was like, I don't want to spoil the show. But there's a truck that shows up and kills kills the main girl, and she's not the real main girl. A different Fuka is the real main girl because Koji Shio is possessed by the ghost of fucking um what's his face who um wrote Love Hina um who haunts us all, but I can't remember his name right now. But the problem that Suzuka as a anime had was it if it got to the point where like these kids want to fuck it becomes a different show and it becomes for a different audience really quickly and it becomes a more Nana-esque romance storyline than a like teen drama romance storyline so like those two don't even... I think maybe they kiss at the end of the show in the last episode kind of thing. And that's where that story jumps off. And the reason why I wanted to commend the director of Uzaki, which is the show we're talking about, because sometimes even I forget, because um, I'm insane, is because he captured this really specific relationship dynamic that can that happens between people of different genders generally although it can happen if if you are if two people are gay or two people are queer in some way it can happen it can happen in any gender combination but in lots of cases it's most pronounced in people of in like heterosexual rela relationship because of societal norms and shitholes and, and assholes. And that's when two people are like happy with where they are in their relationship, whether they're just really close, like disturbingly close friends, or they are on the cusp of being a couple, or they are any any 
freaking range of things. And this is something I, that people always focus in about with me and lots of my female and one of my female friends particularly hi Kie and I can say that because she's listening she'd have to get on a plane which she can't get on to come find me and smack me upside the head um and my girlfriend and my girlfriends in the past is like Everybody has this perception of the way relationships are supposed to go and the way romantic relationships are supposed to play out and be and all that stuff. But what's also true is that everybody, every, everybody in any relationship has their own pacing and like way they want the relationship to go. And that's usually determined by both people in a relationship, not by one person or the other person. And lots of times, the reason why relationships fall apart is because one person wants to move faster, one person wants to move slower, and just they get out of sync somehow. And that that happens. It's, it's life. But it's difficult to capture the kind of dynamic and pressure that a relationship can be under when viewed by other people like, no, you guys should just date already. And that's the kind of perfect thing that Uzaki does is that it sets up this relationship between um, Sakurai and Uzaki um, that is just this like, immediately, very quickly, close, like, uncomfortably close on Sakurai's level, but he eventually just, like, within a couple, within, like, a couple of seconds of each new deeply inappropriate advance into his privacy, he's just like, okay, this is how this is gonna be. And, like, relationships that they have together... And it's very clear to everyone, including the viewer. Like, they make it stupid clear to the viewer that they have feelings for each other. And to some extent, it's even close to... It's even clear to them that they clearly have feelings for each other. But the show makes it pretty clear that they just... They're fine with their relationship. It's not, they don't have an issue with the way their relationship is perceived. It's the world that has, it's like the, it's all the other people in their lives who are like, oh, fucking just strip naked and bone down already. Like, we can't take it anymore. Oh, God. And that, that feeling is different than the feeling of something like Love, Hina, or even the section of Suzuka that ended up being the Suzuka anime, in that there's a a problem with rom-coms. The problem with rom-coms is that you wait the entire... Oftentimes, you wait the entire movie or show or whatever for the relationship that you are pitched on by the cover of the DVD or the poster for the movie or whatever to happen. It doesn't... It doesn't happen immediately and oftentimes, and if you want to be really melodramatic about it, you can get, like, go full scum's wish nightmare scenario. But... You can't just... So many rom- romance anime in particular, because most likely of the way Japanese people view public affection and Japan and Japanese people view relationships and all that stuff, which is just a cultural thing. It's not like it's not it's not necessarily the way each individual Japanese person views this. It's an overarching cultural thing in Japan. The way all that stuff is viewed means that 
it's always going to be telegraphed, but it's very rarely going to be acted on unless the show, and there are tons of shows that do, like, know the relationship happens. Like, relationships happen at the point of the show. Like, um, in Nana, there are sections of Nana where, um, where, uh, Hachi is, Hachi the pink-haired Nana, if you haven't seen the show or you're like, huh? Um, is really happy with Nobu or really happy with, like, the various boyfriends. But she, the section of Nana, by the way, spoilers for this Nana in general, um, which she's happy at is with Nobu, but the end of the show reveals that she, like, goes to marry Takumi because she got pregnant by Takumi because relationships are complicated, people are fucked up, whole, a, a whole Nana-esque thing. But, there's very rarely shows that realistically, like, force you to sit in the in-between moment between knowing someone and going out with someone or knowing someone and being fine with knowing that person and being alarmingly close to them. And the reason why I shouted out my friend was because when we met back in college and we have almost always been super close and <laughs> staring at a that makes me that makes me smile hilariously thank you kia um a christmas card she sent me from japan and it it's this it is the perfect encapsulation of oh, we'll just always be friends we'll be friends until we die like it's fine. It's a, I. This is a. This is a. Grown woman who I have, picked up the phone for as I woke up in the morning because there's a time difference between us now. Um, but I don't even really think that would have changed things. Like I think if she was still in America, I would still be have picked up that phone call and she would have still made that phone call. Um, but. Everyone has always been, like, mildly uncomfortable, like, confused about what we are, where we are in our relationship. And we've, but here's the thing, and this, I think this is true of, um, Uzaki and, um, and, and Sakurai. They're not confused about their relationship. They're, they, they aren't, like, they have moments where, like, their feelings for each other accidentally like bubble up to the top and they're like, oh fuck. And, the, and then they like push it down, push it down, push it down because the other thing that they're doing pretty clearly here is they're dealing with two very emotionally immature people in this, in this show. And, and I want to just point out, it's not that everybody else in this show, it's not that um, Ami, the, like, cafe owner's doctor, daughter, or her father, are deeply emotional, secu emotionally secure people. It's not that, um, you know, uh, Sakurai's blonde, wealthy friend is super emotionally secure. They do the, like, they do the things they like to do in romance anime sometime of like all the side characters are about getting the two main characters to fuck and that's that's really to put the focus on Sakurai and um Uzaki kind of exclusively they have and they have a moment in like the second to last episode where they have just a cosplay fan service moment of like Ami pressing her sides up against Sakurai and it makes it makes him uncomfortable but like Uzaki is jealous so she presses her tits up against him and it makes it worse <laughs> which is like that's but that's the most of that they really do the rest of it is they're really focusing on 
Like, these people just want these two to be in a relationship, and they can clearly see that these two want to be in a relationship. But what... What people don't understand about relationships is that there's all different forms, there's all different ranges, and like I said before, in the beginning of this, it, it just... They just don't, they don't exist on like a flat, on like a flat black and white thing. It's a spectrum of what everybody in the relationship is comfortable with. And sometimes, and another great show for this is um, that uh, show about um, that girl who teases that kid. It's now a Netflix special, but it was pretty popular when it came out because it was actually deeply funny. And what they do with that, would I don't know if this is a, I don't know if it's an official manga or it's like a um, doujin deal, or it's been a, it's a doujin that's become an official manga. But there's a manga about that that particular duo in the future once they've just you know, gotten married and now they're just, and they have a family, in that they're still the same. They're still the same people. She still teases the fuck out of him, and he still falls for it. But now it's like an understanding, like, yeah, but we love each other, right? <laughs> and the, the thing is that that's pretty true to how relationships go if you really love for love someone and care for them it doesn't it doesn't matter whether you wake up naked next to them you're still the same people to each other and this show and for what i understand the um manga gets in gets deeper into the relation it's way deeper into the relationship and the relationship dynamic but this show in the early stages does a really good job of saying like these these this is just the way these two are this is the way this is this is their relationship and they've defined it for themselves and they're okay with it and by the end like one of the last lines of the show is like it, it basically it amounts to Sakurai saying to um, Uzaki, like, I, I don't care what the rest of the universe says. We can be like this forever and we can be happy with each other. I, it's not that, but it's basically that. And there's just something really heartwarming about a show being like, no, they don't. And, and the like, Pen, the pen, the like, episode before that is, or at least, um, I think a couple episodes before that, maybe. The episode where, um, they went a trip to, uh, like, uh, they went a plane, they went a vacation trip at the end of summer. It's basically like a whole episode of them being forced to understand they are perceived as this lovey-dovey, cutesy couple by people, and them just both looking at each other like, ah, fuck this. We can be how we want to be, and you guys kind of suck. And... With that episode, if it wasn't clear already... You see that, um, that, that, like, Sakai's, Sakai, the blonde guy, Sakai's, and, um, and Ami's, um, obsession with them, with, like, getting them to be a couple, that's them putting it, putting that on Uzaki and Sakurai's relationship. That's not a thing that Uzaki and Sakurai necessarily want to to be. They're fine with the way they are. They're fine with their, like, unnervingly close, eat-off-each-other-plates 
freaking go everywhere together, freaking just live live in their own, live in each other's houses. <laughs> Friendship and like one of the reasons why that feels so odd and one of the really intelligent things about the probably the original source material, the manga, is that they put this all in college. And the reason why I say that is because one of the huge reasons that me and Kie are so close is because we met in a college setting. We met in a setting where everything's all jumbled up constantly and you're constantly around the same people. So, like, you make friends, you date, you everything in between from this, like, mass of people. And so, like... I had two girlfriends and tons of friends in college. And now granted, I only keep in touch with Kie and Lauren, both of which, like, I'm, like, deeply disturbingly close to, and both of which are women. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Kie. <laughs> and people... I, so I remember... I was, this must have been after I'd broken up with my first girlfriend. Um, my second girlfriend wouldn't have cared. Um, she would have just been like, oh, it's Alex, it's fine. I don't need to worry about him. Um, I forget what I was, I was doing something. Or I, like, had a question, or, like, I wanted to tell Lauren something. And I was just, like, where the, I was, like, looking for her. And it was the first and only time I'd ever gone down into her bedroom because her apartment had, like, a subterranean bedroom situation. And, like, the perception of all of her roommates, who at this point fucking knew me. There was a homeless guy, that, and also there was a homeless guy that lived in their apartment for, like, three months that was very upsetting. He was harmless, but he was upsetting. Um, fuck. I haven't thought, thought about Steven forever. Fuck. Um, but their, even their perception was like, oh, are they finally going to bang? Are they finally going to, like, release the sexual tension? And we came up with, like, you guys are assholes. There's no actual tension here. That's just what you see. And there may, and there may have been tension there. Who the fuck knows? And there is that tension between specifically Sakurai and Uzaki. But some of it's invented by everybody else in their social or in their social sphere. And e even though they're okay with their relationship, it it can make you uncomfortable that people aren't comfortable with the idea of you just being a friend with someone. Uh, for, for example, for many, 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 many years, and she probably won't get mad at me for saying this, Kie got pissed when we'd go out for dinner and they would bring two spoons for dessert. <laughs> she, like, it would send her up a fucking wall. Though the Garrett, like I'd have to be like, it's fine. They do it for everybody. If we were two dudes, they bring to, bring out two two spoons with ice cream. It's just how restaurants work. It's fine. And like, but I and I can't remember the exact time. But if at some point there was a there was just a point where we'd been friends for however long, and she just. Stopped caring about people's fucking perception of, like, oh, I don't care if they think I'm your wife. It's it's fine, whatever. <laughs> and I, I'm like, and now, and and now you're fine with it, okay? And I'm just really impressed by the amount of skill the directors, the director of the show, and this the whole production team had in showing that kind of relationship dynamic because it's not shown it's not shown really competently a lot of times and it's not shown in a way where 
it's very clear that this is on these character terms where these where it's clear that these characters want to be this way where it's and it's clear that like these are two adults who've made the adult decision for this to be their relationship right now and if they want that to change or one of them wants that to change they they are at the controls willing to do that stuff but for right now Sakurai and Uzaki are just okay being alarmingly close and now granted there's also the layer of Uzaki being a teething asshole being just the biggest bitch to Sakurai constantly but later on in the series later on in the in the in the 12 episode run they swap that up and you see Sakurai's reaction to it, like, oh, you're not, you're not normal. I don't like you not being normal. It's upsetting. Please go back to normal and fucking with me constantly. It makes me less uncomfortable. And it's, it, it, I had a lot of, I thought it was interesting watching that dynamic in a show that was very committed to holding to that dynamic. And like when I said they had one, they had one episode where they did a fan service thing. It's like they felt they fucking had to. <laughs> it's like they're like, oh yeah, we, we promised we'd make like 900 figures of this cute, lowly freaking mascot character with just the biggest tits so we need to put her in some costumes so we can sell some figures to the weirdos um and if i had to say anything about this show that was a huge detriment i think it would be the character design because i'm not gonna start with um uzaki i'll get there i'll work up to her but like most of the character designs, with the exception of Cafe Dad, of Ami's dad, Mr. Asai, are like, they're too over-designed and finely tuned for the show that they're in. And the character, and some of the characters, their like personalities are just fucked. And I'm not even talking about Uzaki's. Uzaki's like at a point you get the you understand that Uzaki's like weird teasing bitchiness is a cover up for her emotions basically or like or like inability to understand her emotions it's a very sundere thing but like you look at Ami's character design and it's so like Uzaki's is like Uzaki's character design feels like it was um, focus grouped. Like they're like, okay, we need to we, we need to put her in a shirt that just says really big because because she's got huge tits. And we also we need by the way, I skipped over the fact that we need to give her huge tits. And she needs to be three feet tall. And can we get, like, a fang? You know what's even better? A flesh fang. Right? <laughs> and, like... Granted, the show wouldn't be the same if she would just, like, Shinobu from Love Hina. <laughs> but, like, one of... I will say one of, the hilar- one of the things I think is really funny about this whole show is she is aware... She has giant boobs, but she is also like written, like written and dresses and just goes through the world like a character who has always had boobs that big. And it, she has like, she only ever wears t-shirts. She like you never see her wearing sleeveless stuff. It's very clear that like she has never found a t-shirt that entirely fits her. I. There's also a scene in 
like in a fire when they go see the fireworks at a festival when like Sakurai's got his head on her lap and he's like I can't see anything and she's like what intercontinental boob shell and he's like no what never mind this is this is nice thanks <laughs> and it's just like it's it, it's rare that you get a character who's not with who's as fetishistically designed as Uzaki who's not immediately exploited like um that fucking super etchy show um with the yogurt slide fuck what's it called Icon Club like the head of Icon Club in Icon in Icon who's just like what if we staple two beach balls to a plank? <laughs> kind of deal. And it, it's just, it was kind of, it's kind of like I appreciate it. And they had, they also had very few with the exception of the beach episode. Moments where they did the classic, okay, big anime, but big anime titties, right? Kind of thing. And I just, it, it, it felt like it had enough awareness of, like, oh, no, this is just, like, this is just this girl's unfortunate fucking body. <laughs> and it, <laughs> if your relationship progresses, a fair amount of their relationship will be based on, like, how strong Sakurai can massage her back. <laughs> um, but, like, so you have Ami Ami, who's, like, She's designed for a different fucking show. You have um, Sekai, who is just... He's the weakest of the bunch. He's the character who, like... He could have looked like anything, but you made him look the way he looks. Um, Sakurai... Is... Specifically designed to look like a person who has resting bitch face. Which I appreciate as someone with resting bitch face. Um, I, 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 in one of the only times after college that I hung out with Kie and Lauren at the same time, we were on the High Line, and they were both like, you look scary as shit. I'm like, fuck both of you, I guess. I hate you all. I'm going to go cry in the corner of the High Line. <laughs> um, because that made me feel very bad. As someone who did not want to look scary, intimidating as shit to people, um, most times, but it, so he, 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 him and Uzaki make sense. Like they had goals there, um, but like Mister Asai, he's just kind of like generic older cafe owner dad, um, Ami. We've already been over Ami. She's got she's got the Heian eyebrows and like everything about it. Like like she's like the golden triangle of anime girls, basically. <laughs> like it just comforts you to look at her face, and it's very strange. Um, so I think that is really. I think that is really just like an unfortunate side effect of the show. The other thing that this show, that happened to the show, it had a bunch of controversy around it, which I think is a real shame because it, it gained infamy because it was so, because there was like, it got pulled from a Red Cross blood donation marketing campaign thing. It also, there was some voice acting, casting that happened to it. There's a whole, um, the YouTube channel called Anime America that did a good job of covering all the controversy around the show. But the bottom line is, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not bad. People make it sound like it's bad in a way that Queen's Blade can be bad. But it's not. It's really not. And in fact, in its, like I've talked, like I talked about for the first half of this episode, in its exploration of that, like, in-between relationship and of a couple 
really okay with being in that in-between section of a relationship where you will like you are not pressuring each other to take the next step it 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 it's kind of beautiful in a way and it's 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 relaxing to see that and it's relaxing to spend time with that and it and the show's confidence in presenting that relationship as it is it almost has this like Yashke slice of life like effect on a viewer because you're just like, oh, okay, these two are fine with this. I'm all of a sudden fine with it. Everybody else here is the asshole. Let's just watch these two exactly do exactly what the show said. Hang out and like have a good time. And the one thing I will say is they the one joke that really like to bounce the fuck off me, just like I did not care because they didn't build up right to make it make sense, is they because especially because of those connective tissue, like in the la in the second to last episode, they like make this joke of like Uzaki can't hang out because she has to finish her report, which she definitely clearly does not fucking do. Or she does, and it's fine. Because <laughs> she's a slacker anyway. But... Because the show is so jokey and so... Um, generally speaking, lighthearted. When they try to hit you with, like, the rainy, sad girl. Sad, wet puppy girl. It just doesn't work. It's just like, nope. This is not how this goes. Especially when they had a couple episodes earlier, like a moment when Uzaki was like very different and being very emotionally different in a way that was odd for her and strange because she was like getting somewhere emotionally that Sakurai was not at yet. <laughs> And, like, Sakura was like, reel it back. What's happening? I'm confused and very, and very uncomfy. And it, the show did a pretty skillful job of being like, okay, we're all good. We're like, we're all good. <laughs> like, this, this, this thing is cool. Um, but it was, like, that, that last, like, I can't hang out anymore joke was, it just didn't work because they didn't have the connective tissue to make it work. But also, like I said, on some level, it's very clear that like in the last 10 minutes of this, in the last, in the last act of this series, they're like, oh, fuck. I don't think we, we might not get a second season, but we need to make some figures out of, out of these characters. So who the best character design? Ami and Uzaki, right? Let's put them in Chinese dresses. Put Ami in a cop outfit. Put Uzaki in a bunny suit. Let's go. Sell some fucking plastic. Um, but on that note, if you like this show, um, this podcast, not if Uzaki Chan wants to hang out. If you like the podcast, you can subscribe to me in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. And if you really like the show, what I always recommend is share it with your friends, you know, grab their phones, sign them up. Total tyranny, total mind control. I'm cool with it. Show me, um, please. Um, but I have been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. And until, thir until Sunday, when the next Sunday edition comes out, I will talk at you then.